Hi Agnieszka. Hi Karolina. Happy New Year. And Happy New Year to you too. And to our listeners, welcome to the Here and There podcast. We are back. Welcome everyone. It's 2022. How are we feeling about it? How are you feeling Agnieszka? I am feeling quite okay. I'm a, a little bit exhausted, um, but I am hopeful then I'll be able to maybe rest a little bit more in 2022. So um, yeah, I'm quite holidayed out out right now I was looking at the window uh, this place today and they're all about Valentine's and I just said to myself well I'm happy to sit this one out and I really you know I'm happy to skip a holiday and just yeah just take a step back and not participate in the holiday cheer for a while how about you well I'll, I'll, I'll keep that in mind and I won't be sending any uh, romantic cards towards your way that's fine that's okay um yeah I am good Christmas has been different for me, a little bit different this year. I think usually Christmas would be full of, yeah, it would be full on. With a child, it's slightly slower and uh, yeah, slightly different, but I enjoyed it nonetheless. But I'm quite happy to be back in my routine and I'm quite happy to be thinking about this podcast again. Yes, I am super excited about the podcast and we hope to be coming back a little bit more often this year, but we'll see about that. No promises here, just like no promises <laughs> that you'll get a Christmas card for me or, you know, that I'll get that Valentine's card from Katarina, although I did get the very special Christmas card from you. Thank you very much with that Scottish cow and the snow. I don't think I've ever mentioned that, but thank you. I recently, or was it maybe a few days ago, which today is um, January 22nd. So like mid-January, I started opening my Christmas cards. So I'm finally... <laughs> in that stage and it was a beautiful card thank you gosh it sounds like it's been full on for you yes yes what can i say <laughs> it's a it's a holiday sprint in the u.s starting from halloween through thanksgiving and then you have christmas or hanukkahs we'll soon find out from our guests and then you have new years so yeah mm. it's um it's a lot it's a lot of parties it's a lot of socializing and you know we kind of forgotten how how intense that can get and I think this year reminded uh, us of that plus you know we still had to deal with COVID on top of everything so very true very true and this episode is a, um, a holiday one well this is how we it, uh, we intended for, for this episode to, to go to make it a holiday special and holidays mean different things for different people and they are they happen at different times or uh, on different continents and in different countries so so maybe it will be a a holiday for someone someone out there oh absolutely um my daughter just decided then since it's actually grandma's day it was grandma's day in poland yesterday and she's like well when is sister's day and i told her <laughs> well i don't know but just put it on the calendar and so she decided that the first tuesday of february is sister's day so to all of the sisters out there i think there is a sister's day as I've seen it on Facebook, but I completely blanked out on that. We never celebrated that. So yeah, maybe I have to look it up and, and tell her what the actual day is. Although she was very excited to put a holiday on the calendar that was created by her. It's actually funny that you mentioned the uh, Grandmother's Day because it's one of the things that it's not that obvious uh, when you move countries that all of a sudden the special days fall on very different dates or they are not existent altogether. Like we have Child's Day in Poland on the 1st of June and no one has ever heard of a Child's Day in Scotland. Um, similar with, uh, with Grandma Day, like we had in Poland yesterday, it's a very big day, as big as Mother's Day in Poland, I'd say. 
um, it wasn't Grandma's Day in Scotland yesterday um, at all. Uh, there, there is Grandparents' Day, but it, I think it, uh, it's in October. Um, it's one of these things that, again, reminds you that you are from here and there. Yes, you're a little bit of an outsider. Yeah, I was thinking about holidays as well when I decided to opt out of Valentine's and I thought that was kind of easy. Like I would not probably be able to opt out of, for example, Grandmother's Day. And I thought about all of the holidays. The Valentine's was there when we were growing up in Poland. It was kind of there ever since we were kids. I remember all of those like, yeah, it's, you know, it's commercial. It's wonderful. It's, you know, easily visible. And we kind of grew up with it. But I think because it's not a it's not a family themed um or it doesn't involve the family it it's not it doesn't feel as close to my heart kind of you know what i mean like mm -hmm, it's not mm -hmm, it mm -hmm. doesn't have that holiday feel as other holidays like grandma's day or even children's day or um yeah christmas or easter whatever the religious holidays that we observed so it's yeah it's one holiday to easily give up for me <laughs> Yeah, maybe. Although I must say, I'll never be sad about getting a warm, heartfelt card from from someone. It doesn't matter who. Maybe this year I'll get it from a secret admirer. Well, let's hope so, Carolina. I sure hope it <laughs> happens for you. Although I'm pretty sure that Jonah is being only six months old. I know he's a genius, but I don't know if he's going to be able to put one together. Hopefully he'll give you something. <laughs> Hopefully. Uh, yes. Um, okay, so uh, in our special holiday episode, we are talking to two sisters, uh, Sammy and Sasha. Uh, Sammy and Sasha happen to be best friends who are living on two different continents at the moment. Uh, Sammy moved to Scotland from Chicago in her early 20s and Sasha while still in the US, left Chicago for Portland in Oregon. Yeah, and their stories were really helpful in exploring the different struggles that we experience around religious and national identities, but mostly personal challenges around relationships near and far. And this is something that for me and Karolina, I think that we could identify with a lot of the different stories and experiences that Sammy and Sasha shared. And we tr really tried to keep it holiday themed, but that kind of ended up all over the place. So take a listen. Sasha, welcome to the Here and There podcast. How are you guys? We're good. We're good. Thanks for having us. Hi there. We usually start uh, with asking our guests about their names. You both have very interesting and pretty names, uh, Sammy and Sasha. Sasha, do you want to start with the story of your name? Well, Sasha's got a big story of her name. I do have a little bit of a story. Yeah. So, so my first name is Sasha and my last name is Mallet. But I was born with neither of those names. I was born Alexandra as my first name. And for all of the Russian history majors out there, Sasha is the shortened form of the name Alexandra, which nobody really knows. Um, and my birth last name was Schwartzman, which I share with my sister, Sam. Um, but then my married last name is Mallet. When I got married and changed my, my last name from Schwartzman to Mallet, I also at the same time changed my first name just because I was 
sort of sick of having to correct everyone and sort of inform people <laughs> about about the Russian diminutive that no one is aware of. So when did you start using Sasha? Uh, I understand that this is obviously something that you probably found out a little bit later in your life. Uh, or were they calling you Sasha? How did that come about? Yeah, no, I was called Sasha since the day I was born. It was my parents' intention to be called the, you know, Sasha, again, is the shortened form of the name. So the, the intention was always to call me Sasha. You know, again, in a in a profession that I have where I'm saying my name many times throughout the day, I was constantly having to sort of, people were often very confused as to like, well, wait a second, it says here on the computer or on this form that this was Alexandra, but you say Sasha. And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I would go through this spiel, you know, probably like two or three times a week. And So your parents are Russians? Uh, my My dad's parents are Russian. We're sort of an Eastern European mix. Mm, I was saying to my partner yesterday that we know um, we have few friends called Sasha, but they are all males. We don't know any female Sashas. You know, it is definitely a male predominant name, but I would say more than that, it's a cat or dog predominant name. <laughs> I have <laughs> dated two people with cats named Sasha, and almost everyone I know has a cat named Sasha or Misha or Mishka. You know, they're very popular among oh, wow. <laughs> the feline crowd. There's Sasha Obama. Right, right. Finally, a Sasha in the White House. Yes. And so it went to a point where you actually officially had to change it. So you, in your passport or in your ID, you're no longer Alexandra, right? You're Sasha. Yes, right. Well, and legally, when you get married, you are allowed to change your last name quite simply. You don't have to go through the courts, at least in America, to make that change. But there's only certain name changes you can make when you get married, i.e. you can change the last name because that's sort of the socially accepted thing to do. But if you want to change your first name, that's not allowed. So I actually had to do a separate process through the courts where you have to go and, you know, you have to like post it in a public place and you have to, you know, for a few weeks and you have to go and sort of plead your case and whatnot. And it's sort of an eye-opening experience. I mean, unfortunately, the I think it was at the courthouse that you have to go and sort of post on this billboard your name changes. And when you, you can see all the other name changes that are happening, and it was sort of a sad reflection of the state of things in America where most of the name changes were like, you know, Mohammed something something to John. But I feel like I feel like Polish names are the same that you have like the proper name and then the short name is like something totally different. It may sound different, but I think mostly it's it's not. It's just um, it could be it's usually has at least the first letter is the same. It's not as radical as and dramatic as it is in Russian and in Czech. And the Sasha is especially confusing because it could be a girl's or a boy's name. So you never know. Right. Yeah. Part of the spiel, I would say every time that someone would ask me, I would remind them that there are American names that do this, the same thing, right? I would be like, oh, Sasha is a shortened form of the name Alexandra, like Jack for Jonathan, Peg for Margaret, Dick for Richard. We just sort of, you know, accept that, you know, okay, oh yeah, well, Peggy I've heard this, I've heard this a hundred times and Sasha has yeah. said this a hundred times. A thousand times. <laughs> a thousand times. And that's, that's why she changed her name is because yes. she was so sick of having to explain it. Yes. Richard for Dick. Dick right. for Richard. Right. I feel right. like it's, it's Gina's story continued, you know? It's like, we go, keep going back to that first episode. Don't ask me. It's too difficult to explain. Don't ask me. So... But I take it when you went to the court and posted it publicly, publicly on the door or wherever, no one objected. You know, no. People definitely ask questions. They're like, why? Sasha, where do you get that from? I'm like, that's the point. That's the reason I'm here. And Sammy, what about your name? Because you introduced yourself like as Samantha at the very beginning, maybe before we started recording. I mean, who's Samantha? Who is Samantha, right? It's, it's very strange when people call me Samantha. I'm Samantha Schwartzman. 
My name is what it's been from the very beginning. So we are maybe something interesting about us, us three kids as our names. We're, we're Sasha, Samantha, and Simon Schwartzman, which always just felt really mean. <laughs> I was going to ask about that. Yeah, because a lot of parents do that. Yeah, a lot of S's. I don't know if it was intended or not, but yeah, it, it, my poor mother, our poor mother is always like, and then they named the dog Scout as well. I'm pretty sure we were guessing that yesterday, Agnieszka, when we were doing, when we were prepping for this podcast, I couldn't remember your brother's name, but Agnieszka suggested it might start with an S, and I think we said maybe Sam. Samantha and Sam would be too much, but yeah, so I'm Samantha, um, but people, people, call me, people call me Sam at work. But among friends and family, I like Sammy is the most familiar. It feels just a bit uptight to be Sam or Samantha. Is that how your parents called you? Yeah, so our parents always used like the nicknames. So they used Sasha and they used Sammy. And uh, Simon, for some reason, is Bud. <laughs> Makes total sense. Yeah, total sense. <laughs> I think one yeah. thing that we haven't mentioned so far is that we have two guests today. So it's our Christmas special episode. Uh, we have two guests, two sisters. Ha- Hanukkah, Hanukkah special. Hanukkah, Hanukkah special. special. We'll get to that. We'll get to we'll that. <laughs> so we have two guests, two, two lovely sisters today. And Sammy, could you tell us why was it so important for you to invite Sasha to our episode today? Well, yeah, and this is the only question I was like, they're probably going to ask me why I did that. I think, I mean, I've been listening to your guys' podcast with, you know, Gina and all these other people that I know. And I suppose you were asking all these questions about kind of national identity and all of that. And I suppose that my national identity isn't really as important as like the people. So I could come on this podcast and say, yeah, I miss Chicago. I miss the Vietnamese food. Or I could say, yeah, yeah. And I really miss it, but it's mostly my family. You know, I'm really close to my sister and I really miss my sister. Or I could show you my sister <laughs> and make her come on and talk to you because I know she's the more articulate of us. I guess I also thought there's a bit of a kind of parallel because I know Carolina, you're from far from home in Edinburgh and you're really close to Aga who's in America and I'm far from home in Edinburgh and I'm really close to Sasha in America so I thought I thought there'd be a kind of I don't know a kind of parallel to it maybe a, a balance as well yes and also redress the power balance man so on you man mentioned, uh, <laughs> you mentioned Hanukkah when we mentioned Christmas that was your immediate uh, response so it's the holiday time right in the US we say happy holidays now trying to be inclusive can you tell us if you you guys celebrate any holidays um, this time of year we're recording in December just before Christmas and what type of holidays you celebrate okay so so I'll take it away so Sasha and I and our family is Jewish so we were raised Jewish so we would normally celebrate Hanukkah around this time of year but Hanukkah is now over with Christmas still to come so I like to dabble I enjoy Christmas you know but also a bit of Hanukkah. But I know Sasha's maybe maybe taken forward some Jewish bits a bit more. Yeah, I think since having a child, I have a six-year-old, you know, it's really impressed on me that I was raised Jewish and that our family is Jewish. That's our heritage and ethnicity. And that, you know, there was a lot of struggle in our family's past that allows us to practice our religions freely. And I feel really privileged and lucky to be in that position. And now that I have a son, it just feels like I've doubled down on that importance. And my husband is not Jewish. He is sort of secular American. So he grew up celebrating Christmas 
culturally, but not really anything else. And, you know, this is actually one of the first holidays, you know, as my son becomes more of a kind of sentient being, you know, it's, it's made the holidays even more, more meaningful, but also, you know, we've had to sort of really be more intentional about what are we celebrating this holiday season. I, from the very beginning, made it very clear to my husband that, you know, truly one of the ultimatums that I had before we got pregnant was, if I'm going to get pregnant, I want to make sure we raise our son Jewish. And he was like, yeah, yeah, sure. Okay, whatever that means. (laughs) And he sort of went along with it. But it's actually been, I think a source of tension is probably too strong, but it's definitely been something that we've contended with as a couple. I mean, we've actually gone to numerous couples therapy sessions just to talk about this issue because, you know, there's, you know, even though my husband was raised kind of, again, this sort of secular American Christian, you know, he still misses things like a Christmas tree or Christmas lights. And a few weeks ago, we had a session with our couple therapist where uh, my husband's family sent us a wreath in the mail and we had to decide whether to put up the wreath. And, you know, we've always started drawn this boundary at being the house, you know, things inside the house are Jewish and are Hanukkah. And things outside the house can be Christmas, right? We can celebrate Christmas with other people outside the house. But but once you come inside the house, it's really, you know, this is our space and we're creating kind of it intentionally being Jewish. And so we had this whole, I mean, I think like, you know, a lawyer would have loved his arguments, right? He was like, well, a wreath is really outside the house. And then, you know, he kind of went down the... It's on the outside of the door. (laughs) Right, right, exactly. And he went down this whole path of wreaths are really just seasonal <laughs> so uh-huh. you know it's definitely out there I signed up my kids for Polish school this year and and immediately yeah. my husband started researching Slovak schools okay unfortunately there's mm, not a Slovak school yes. around but uh, the first thing when you said that when you you, you uh, yeah. mentioned that you agreed that you know you wanted to bring up your child Jewish and I'm like he must be feeling like he should bring something to the table as well or like because yes. it's like okay, how is this my son now if he's not Jewish? It's similar with speaking a different language and stuff. So it's this ongoing struggle that, yeah, I feel like any multicultural couple will experience. Um, I can identify with that too. We had a Christmas party a few few days ago with, I guess, predominantly Polish dishes on the table. And uh, when the party had started, my partner said, there aren't any Scottish dishes out there. Um, you know, he kind of re- that the realization for him that it wasn't it wasn't his culture. It was interesting to see that it bothered him. Oh, I was just going to say Scottish men are very particular about their <laughs> their foods, aren't they? Like they like their sausage rolls and mashed potatoes and mince mushy peas. That's more English, Sashala, don't you know? Oh. <laughs> <All right. laughs> but Sammy's very right. The first thing Dean has bought the next day were sausage rolls in the shop. <laughs> he, he had to make up for it. Oh, I was just going to say the Scottish thing is like, what's wrong with a good Scottish roll? You know, what's wrong with um, some mashed potatoes and beef? You know, what's wrong with a good beef stew? <laughs> Yeah, I think in the past, Sammy, when you told me that you were Jewish, uh, we never had this opportunity. So I'm quite glad that we are doing this podcast today as we never had this opportunity to explore what does it mean for you to be Jewish, as that can mean so many things for, for many people. So I, I'm, I'm curious a little bit more about that. Uh, I think uh, Sasha started talking a little bit about what it means for her to be Jewish at this time of the year. Um, but, but what else does, uh, does do you guys identify with? I guess, I guess for me, maybe I should say that I... I, I maybe don't feel religiously um, as Jewish as maybe Sasha does, although maybe I've got that wrong, Sasha. 
I guess um, for me, I found those elements where we kind of, um, when we went to temple and stuff, um, I don't think of that as a extremely nice part of our upbringing. Like I remember, you know, wonderful times at home, but I, I don't remember a lot of fun times at temple. I remember a lot of really boring times at temple. Um, and I guess, I guess there is a, you know, I guess we'll, we won't let mom and dad listen to this, but I guess there was a lot of stuff about um, just, you know, God looking down on you and listening to your thoughts and all the sins that, you know, these, this A to Z of sins and Yom Kippur and stuff, which um, I just found really um, not very helpful as a child. Yeah, I suppose I think of myself more culturally and ethnically Jewish than I do kind of religiously Jewish. Because I guess, I guess I've maybe come to the place where I don't really believe in like a God. Which is, we're getting really deep here. Yeah, you're going there, Sam. <laughs> I'm going there. It's a podcast. It's a podcast. We have to we have to stake our claim. <laughs> um, yeah. So so I guess I I guess that's where I'm at right now. But I would like to, you know, if when we have kids, I think it would be nice if they had some awareness of like some kind of cultural connection to being Jewish, um, because I suppose when we have kids, you know, I've said, I'll change my name to Samantha Chambers, which is really kind of submerging my identity. That's strange. It's a bit, um, it's not something I'm sure I would have wanted to happen in an ideal world. The name change. Mm-hmm. Well, no, not, not just the name change, but the fact that the women obviously always just lose their name to the man. If you want to have one family name. Oh, I think that Karina, you and Dean give uh, Jonah a double last name, so that's a an alternative. Yeah, he's only five months old, but quite a few people ask me about that. <laughs> so uh, yeah, people are curious. Uh, apparently, in Poland, this is what I learned recently from my friend. If you are not married, you cannot do that. The child has to has has to have uh, the father's name if you're not married. Uh, yeah, we, we've just, you can do anything here in the UK, so we've just given him both of our surnames um, to, yeah, to, I guess to emphasize that uh, kind of biocultural uh, background, that's what I wanted, uh, especially since we couldn't do that with his first name, we had to decide whether to give him a little bit more Polish name or a little bit more English name, and we went with the latter. Um, so I wanted to kind of, uh, um, yeah, f- find that identity so- some- somewhere else, and I did it with the surname. But it's an inter- interesting one. And you, Agnieszka, you haven't changed your surname, have you, when you got married? No, no. It's too it, cool. It's very weird. Uh, yeah, I love my name, and I always got a lot of compliments about my name, uh, my last name. So I kind of got used to it. Also, I hate paperwork. Like what you did, Sasha, with the court. Oh, my God. I would never Torture. do that. I hate bureaucracy. Multiple and Excel spreadsheets. Yes. No, it's not for me. So I just took the easy way out. And, and the amount of documents I would have to change, including I'm still in college. So I'd have to change like my college papers. And it's too much. So I just left it. And, you know, thankfully, my husband is, was very gracious about it. It was not even an, it was a no issue for him. At least he didn't let me know. So yeah, it was very easy. And I just kept it. And yeah, it's there. And 
Uh, our kids have my husband's last name because I didn't really think it was not important for me to like mess with that. Uh, but it's sometimes strange. It feels a little bit strange sometimes when I have to provide my unofficial situations, when I provide my full name and my kids' names are different. Yeah, it feels a little bit weird to me, but yeah. I guess I guess for me, I also, there was, so there's this thing about, I, I want, I, I don't know how you feel about it, Carolina, but for me, I wanted to have, like, as a healthcare worker, um, like, as a psychologist, I wanted to have a little bit of anonymity in my work versus home life. So to be, you know, chambers on the door, on my home door, but then, you know, sportsmen at work gives me a little bit of a, like, divide, like people won't come looking for me. <laughs> Double identity almost. Yeah, I feel that sometimes with my first name that I use a different name professionally, first name, and then I use a different name personally with my friends and even my colleagues. Uh, so that gives you, yeah, that gives you like a nice, uh, like a boundary thing and a, a double identity kind of, yeah. I, I feel that, yeah, 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 for sure. It's a thing, yeah, absolutely. So you guys, uh, going back to the holiday theme, so I'm, I'm curious, you guys did not grow up with a Christmas tree like a lot of uh, Jews in America do. There was no Christmas tree. So both of our parents were Jewish and they're pretty Jewish. They're not just Jewish, they're Jewish. So, yeah, and I guess, I mean, I think part of the reason that I feel particularly connected to my Judaism is just because we didn't grow up half something. And what I see, you know, amongst my generation of friends who grew up half Jewish, um, that they didn't really, that, that it, be, it became diluted over the generations. And, and their children, now that I'm seeing, are, are not at all going to be raised Jewish, you know, and that there's sort of this dilution process that happens from generation to generation. And I guess, for me, it felt important to continue it. Um, but, you know, I think it also sort of, um, you know, I think one of the tensions that my husband and I have had was, you know, should we, you know, can we do both? You know, again, can you raise your kid half? And I think it's, you know, every couple comes down on this differently, right? And there is no right or wrong answer, obviously. Um, but for us, I think the strength of the message as a minority group comes across a lot louder when you have just sort of a singular identity, you know, when you say we are Jewish, right? And, you know, my, my son this year as a six-year-old has been very focused on the fact that, oh, we celebrate Christmas or we celebrate, we celebrate Hanukkah and they celebrate Christmas. Um, and he, he will keep asking, he's like, do they celebrate Hanukkah or do they celebrate Christmas? And, you know, he asks lots of questions. Like even today he got a book in the mail, which came with that, which came with a little snowman. And he's like, is this a Christmas snowman? And I'm like, no, Christmas is seasonal. It's sort of egalitarian. You're good. It's cool. But, you know, he starts seasonal to. Seasonal is safe. Seasonal <laughs> is safe. But even, you know, you can see that he's actually starting to police a bit and sort of try and figure out kind of where that line is, right? As to sort of carve out his identity around this. I guess Jamie's, my, my husband is just so committed to Christmas. Um, I can't, I can't, I couldn't bear the thought of taking that away. And it's, for me, I, I love it because he loves it. And also I don't have any of the negative associations that people get when they grow up with it. So I'm, you know, I'm really looking forward to you know, not the Jesus stuff, but the, but the, the, the cultural traditions. Christmas, yeah. you know. So what do you guys say if somebody says Merry Christmas to you? 
Merry Christmas. <laughs> I would have expected a reverse answer. Yeah, the opposite of those two responses. I, I assume you'll edit that out. <laughs> and I'm not sure whether you've listened to, I think, Sammy, you may have listened to our episode with our friend Gina. And Gina, Gina was born in Kazakhstan and I couldn't help myself when I was asking Gina about Borat and her take on Borat. And we wanted to ask you guys about your take on the holiday armadillo. Holiday armadillo. Oh, it's a reference from France. Do you guys, have you guys not seen that? Uh, well, Karina, you, you take it away. <laughs> Probably remember it better. <laughs> I'm just thinking last year, Sammy, when I sent you a Christmas card with holiday armadillo in it. Did that make any oh, yeah. sense? Yeah, I just thought... I no 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 none none at all. But I I knew it was from I knew Dean was involved. So I was like, oh yeah, that's just oh, that's weird. something that's random. Just Dean. <laughs> Have you not seen that episode in Friends when uh, Ross, who's Jewish, uh, tries to make the Christmas tradition more Jewish for his son Ben, and he comes dressed as Holiday Armadillo? Oh yeah, that does sound really right. It's sort of like a secularized, like trying to make it non-denominational. I, I he wanted to be Santa or something. He wanted to be something, but they didn't have anything. That was the only costume left. And so he ended up as an armadillo. Uh, that was like the plot. But it kind of became that, yeah, that symbol of like, or what the heck are we doing type of Christmas. Yeah, know? so clearly, clearly that's a reference that missed these particular Jewish sisters. <laughs> I have to say this to Dean. <laughs> he was so proud of his drawing. <laughs> It was but, a lovely uh, armadillo, nonetheless. It's a, we thought it was a beautiful seasonal armadillo. <laughs> and quite recently, Sammy, when I mentioned Valentine's to you, you said something about festivity of trees. Oh, yeah. Well, so when when you invited us this past weekend, which we didn't come because of Omicron, and we're both very sad about it. When you invited us, you said it was an international thing. And I was going to bring latkes, and I was going to... I was even going to bring like a dreidel and stuff. And we were going to have a little bit of Hanukkah cheer alongside the Christmas cheer. And I thought, well, if it's in February and it's around Valentine's Day, like maybe we could do a little Tu Bishvat, you know, uh, uh, which is a holiday celebrating trees. One of one of the less kind of bloody Jewish holidays. Right. Um, massacre focused. <laughs> yeah, less less massacre focused, exactly. <laughs> I've never heard of that holiday. Can you tell us a little bit more about it? Like where it comes from and uh, what it's all about? It falls off fast after the word tree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we know about the trees. <laughs> Just the trees, that's all. It's something with trees. Do you guys have a favorite holiday though? A favorite Jewish holiday? Yeah, or one that you celebrate. Well, for me, I would go with Thanksgiving. I don't know what you would say, Sash. Oh, I would definitely not. Not say Thanksgiving is classic American answer, <laughs> Sammy. Wow. Yeah. I mean, you mean Indigenous Peoples Day, which it has been officially renamed. Apologies. She's been out of the country for <laughs> too long. Um, you know, one of the ways that we are shoving the Judaism down my son's throat is by sending him to this thing called Shabbat School, which is like a religious school that he does on the weekends to hang out with, like you know, the five other Jews where I live in the city. The theme of his kindergarten year of the classes are Jewish holidays, and it's a co-op, and so all the parents have to take turns leading the holidays and one of the holidays that I just led was the holiday Sukkot. Sukkot is a a beautiful harvest holiday in the fall where you gather and um, build these temporary huts that are supposed to have three walls and a, a ceiling made of 
these leaves and vines such that you can see the stars through them. And you're supposed to eat out there and sleep out there and pray out there and decorate these little huts. And it's just like a nice connection with nature, a very seasonal holiday, connection with the fall. And, you know, it's I think so much of Jewish holidays and probably most religions' holidays just tie into, you know, just the the cycle of the year, right? The sort of cyclical nature of our lives, that there are certain traditions and things that we like to do in the fall and things that we like to do in the winter. That's probably my favorite, one of my favorite Jewish holidays. I've heard of this holiday, yes. It always sounded very magical to me. It's probably because I, I must have heard of it uh, in a book or something when it was just like very poetically described, just like the way you described it. It's very interesting, Sasha. You're more of a Jewish purist than I am. And I, I guess... I guess we maybe had different experiences, even though we had much the same experiences. I just remember being so bored at Shabbat services. Yeah. And you couldn't do anything. You couldn't play. You couldn't laugh. You had to just sit and listen. Sounds like Catholic Church to me. Right? I mean, what I'm hoping to give to my son are the fun parts of being Jewish, right? The summer camp experiences. The the circumcision, (laughs) right? Such fun. Fasting, right? Sorry. (laughs) Of course, this is a serious subject. No, no, it's it's good. It's really, no, it's really true. We all get to pick and choose, right? We all get to kind of see what light kind of shines through in that crystal for us. And I think for me, it's like Jewish values are sort of at the top, you know, like values of like social justice and repairing the world and being good to others. And, you know, those things are the things that I think like the reason I continue my Judaism and like want to continue that in my family and with my son is really for those things. I guess it's, yeah. And I guess I'm I'm thinking as you say it, that it's probably staying in America even though there maybe aren't a lot of Jews in Portland, but staying in America, there's just more of an understanding of Jews and Jewishness and Judaism. Whereas I think here, if you say you're Jewish, I think there's a lot of association with Israel. And so when you talk about kind of repairing the world and, and all of that, it's like, ooh, is that... Zionist. It, yeah, I think, it, but people should also separate Judaism and Zionism. And Sami, correct me if I'm wrong, but um, am I right thinking that there are no synagogues in Edinburgh? There is, yeah. Oh, there yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. There's more than one. But I think I've been to some services um, a long time ago. And they're just like, I think British Judaism is just very, like, much more conservative. Whereas in the US, there's a lot of leftist, reconstructionist kind of brands of Judaism. Whereas it's very traditional because there is only... There are only a few Jews in Edinburgh, so they do it the way it's meant to be done, straight down the line. Yeah, there's no space for uh, your version, kind of. It's, it's always difficult to build something by yourself. I don't know, Sasha, if you, pro- you said you mentioned that your son is in school with just a few other kids, so in Portland, obviously. But I, yeah, I wonder about that if you want to stick to that part of your identity or even build it, and it's part of a larger construct, cultural, you know, part of culture or religion, it's very hard to do it solo right and so that's why i feel like it's that compromise right if there's one or two synagogues in edinburgh and just everybody just agrees on like whatever you know the the mainstream kind of is and and they go with it because it's difficult to build something progressive you know with such a small group of people yeah totally i mean i i feel really lucky that i i think because of our you know rather strong ish religious upbringing 
Um, and we weren't conservative or orthodox or anything remotely that. But, um, but, you know, I'd say we have a solid foundation. We can read Hebrew. We know the prayers. We know the songs. We get with the gist of most of the holidays. The irony is that, like, here here where I live on the west coast of America, where there aren't that many Jews, not, not as few as in Edinburgh, that's for sure, um, but there still aren't that many. I have now become like the like lay Jewish leader among my friends, right? So like I'm the one that everyone turns to to like host a seder. The Jewry. I'm the Jewry. <laughs> yes, that's great. <laughs> Which, to be fair, so am I. Yeah. Well, and I think about how like I feel lucky that I had that option because I had such a solid foundation, and I just. I think that's part of what I want to give my son is sort of the choice to, you know, I think if you raise some, in my mind, if you raise someone half Jewish, then they don't really feel as solid and they couldn't really lead a Seder. And, you know, last year during the pandemic, I wrote a Hanukkah pageant and we had like 70 something people attend over Zoom and gave everyone a part. And it was the story of Hanukkah and people dressed up and it was adorable. We had like all these like infants being like spinning dreidels and, you know, three-year-olds being sizzling latkes in a pan. And it was really charming. And it made me feel comfortable in that space of being like, oh, I can, I can learn, you know, about the holiday and sort of share its meaning. Speaking of Zoom, uh, we wanted to ask you how you guys celebrate now if you happen not to be together in your, you know, with your family. What do you guys do with that? I guess for the most part we celebrate separately, which is which is part of the sad part. This particular Schwartzman diaspora, you know, the reason I thought Sasha would be interesting to have on this podcast particularly is because so if the podcast is about here and there, I'm certainly here thinking about there, which is America, but Sasha's also left her hometown for a very different place, and so we were brought up in a big city, lots of Jews, you know, a very particular kind of milieu and then we've both gone to these kind of smaller cities in these temperate climates um, a long way from home and but very very different in other ways so so yeah I just I I just thought it's kind of like we took two trips in the opposite direction. (laughs) Sammy so am I here and you're there or are you here and I'm there? Well, I think Carolina and Anga would have to tell us that. Oh who's who's, who's we'll where? That after the recording, it's still being decided. And and did the did the did that move for you, Sami, or for you, Sasha? Did that affect your identity as a Jew? Maybe starting with Sami, moving to Edinburgh when there are so few Jews around. Well, not really, because I suppose I don't know about you, Sasha, but we were like the the primary school that we went to there were not many Jews so i'm used to kind of explaining you know oh i'm out of school i was out of school yesterday because of yom kippur and blah 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 so not really i guess moving away i have the freedom to spend my time how i like and i i, I would love if you could just like get a room where you could do some singing or if you could be in a choir or if you could have like a community group that would do that sort of thing but i guess at this point in my life, I don't see organized religion as one of the top priorities for how I spend my time, I suppose. Well, and it probably would have been different had you fallen in love, not with a Scot, but with like a guy from New Jersey or something, you know, where you just swing a hat and you don't can't miss a Jew, right? I mean, they're everywhere. But, you know, your Jewish identity might have been different, actually, had you, you know, fallen in, like maybe fallen in love happened with another Jew who yeah, was yeah, really absolutely. into his Jewish identity. Who would yeah, be a Jew? Yeah, yeah. yeah yes, a he'd be your Jew. He'd be my Jew, yes, yeah, that's obviously. right, yeah. No, that's true, and, you know, 
um, both of us married very goyish men, yes. uh, which means non-Jewish men, um, like fair-haired and like... And you, and you had dramatically different reactions to that uh, same uh, or similar event, which is very interesting. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, I'm wondering for, for you, Sasha, whether it encouraged you to, <clears throat> to keep... A, you know, to, to sort of to turn into Judo, Judaism a little bit more, the fact that you moved away to a place where there weren't as many Jews around. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I think I wouldn't be as militant if I were surrounded, if Jack was, my son, was surrounded by tons of Jews, right? I mean, if it were just sort of in the culture, in the water, I wouldn't have to try so hard. I mean, one of the reasons I draw a really bright line about, you know, no, no Christmas in the house is because every time we step outside the house, it's Christmas, Christmas, Christmas. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I think it, it does made it, make it so that I've had to double down on, you know, the intensity of all the programming and the things that we do. How does it affect you, like your identity and how you think about yourself and even like going, moving to places when you've been raised a minority? Um, how do you feel like that affects, yeah, even like your choices to be able to move somewhere or to be able to, you know, maintain your identity? Do you see that maybe in like, your family or with yourselves, like that impacts you a lot? I definitely feel like the minority, right? I mean, most of my friends here celebrate Christmas and most people, just like you're saying, when they, they don't say happy holidays so much, they say Merry Christmas. And, you know, when I talk to people at work and that's fine and I say Merry Christmas back, I'm not a Scrooge or a Grinch. I mean, it's, it's a lovely holiday. <laughs> it's nothing against it. I think though one of the things that that makes me think of that you're saying is one of the reasons that Sammy can choose to not really pick up on or sort of continue as much of her religious upbringing is because you know, the religious identity that we have as a minority, as a Jew, we can still pass, right? And so a lot of minorities can't pass, right? They can't just, a racial or, you know, ethnic minority where you it's sort of written more on your body, not as able to sort of blend in. And I think one of the privileges that you have as a Jew is that, you know, you just, you just start to keep your mouth shut and it's not as big. It's it's not something something that you, you know, can't hide. That's interesting, Sasha, because I think you've got people who know what Jewish people look like. I feel like they've generally identified me as looking Jewish. It, a lot of people do kind of identify me as Jewish because of my surname because of my last name. Um, so they know they know there's something funny. <laughs> and, and and the American accent and all of that. So I think they know there's something, something a bit different. It's interesting you guys are picking up on the Jewishness aspect of my identity. And maybe Sasha feels that that's a really pertinent part of her identity. But I guess I'm curious that you haven't asked about Americanness. That was my going to be my next question, actually. Yeah, how does being Jewish play into the national uh, identity? Because Americans are obviously wonderful salesmen and there's nothing they sell better than America and how great it is right so like they're really pushing that strong here but think about the great plains saga the beautiful mountains the glistening cities the fields of corn yeah and how do you guys uh how do you balance that you know being Jewish and being American I think that there is a separate category you would have to define it for me I think it's fair to say I feel more American than I do Jewish right if I really had to rank order you know I was born in America I live in America I've never lived for really a prolonged period of time outside of America so I certainly identify as an American, not necessarily with all of the American values that are sometimes ascribed to Americans. You know, I think I probably feel Jewish secondary. Yeah, how about you, Sammy? I mean, I think nobody here would ever let you forget your Americanness. Like, for instance, with Haitians, they, they don't ask me 
anything about myself. But then they always ask me in the second session. By that point, they've worked up the guts to say, are you American? <laughs> or where are you from? <laughs> and that's all they want to know. They just want to know. And I'm like, yeah, I'm from Chicago. And then and then that's all they want to know. Because you can't pass. I can't pass. No. I mean, Sasha and the family would probably say that pretty unintentionally, my accent has changed. Oh my and, god! But I'm still never gonna pass for for Scottish, you know. Your your whole cadence of your speech is totally different, and your your even just the words that come out of your mouth and the way you say them is so different. <laughs> <laughs> I think. I, well, I guess it's a it's a survival strategy, isn't it? Yeah. Um, right. You're assimilating. Well, I, when you say that, I feel guilty. Like. Uh, have I done something wrong? There's a negative connotation for you with assimilation. Yeah, because I never meant to, like I say, become Samantha Chambers, like totally submerge, you know, the weird quirky last name and all of that. Didn't mean to. I just, I just kind of wound. Just happened. And now I've been here and I kind of like it. So Sammy, do you feel American? Just like Sasha? Oh yeah. Number one, that's your identity. If you somebody asked you, that would be still American. I mean, it's got to be because like, I think seeing my identity in other people's eyes, like I know that most British people, like there's something fishy, you know, <laughs> like even before I open my mouth, I, I think most British people know that there's something a little bit different. So yeah, I, my Americanness is like front and center. But when you go back home, do you, does that change? Do you remember if, if it's changing, like given the past visits in the very beginning when you maybe just started living in Scotland, do you still feel like you're going back home and you're like, oh yeah, I'm among my people. I know, you know exactly where I am. Or does that change as well? And you kind of sometimes maybe feel out of place in America as well. Yeah, I think letter. I think it's then very disconcerting to go back to America. And like people are doing things in a familiar way, but also a very unfamiliar way. You've had culture shock when you've come to America and just gone to the grocery store. Like I remember we took your husband there once and he was like, how many kinds of orange juice do you guys need? How do you buy s'mores in a jar? <laughs> For yeah. my partner, when we go and visit Agnieszka, for him, it's like a tourist attraction to go to an American store. So he's always asking, when are we going shopping? When are we going when to When are we store? going to Walmart? <laughs> so what I remember from last September, from going to visit Sasha. So we went into a car wash and like, I think there are car washes here where you can get like some sponges on the outside or some like brushes on the outside. But this was like a light show with music and like this massive purple like anthropomorphized like sponge thing kind of danced on your windshield like i do not do drugs but whoever designed it definitely does it was very trippy sounds like a sensory experience my baby would entertain it was very child-friendly activity eight dollars you too can have your whole afternoon of going through the car wash over and over again it was just <laughs> like someone someone set up this experience to just revolve around cars you know because it's just such a car-centric culture and going back to the identity, I feel we don't often have an opportunity to ask a, a family member whether the experience of their family member emigrating like like Sammy's, whether that has an impact on your identity, Sasha. Did that change your perspective in any way, Sammy's experiences? That's so sweet. Well, I think it's obviously, you know, I mean, it's sad when you have your best friend living so far away. And it's also broaden my horizons that sounds a bit too cliche but you know sometimes I will meet people here who are from the UK and you know I I was somewhere oh I was in San Francisco a few years ago when I was 
went into a shop. It was just a dress shop and it's just like a sole proprietor, a little one man store. And he had a Scottish accent and I was like, Oh, where are you from? And he said, Fife. And I was like, my sister's studying in Fife, the Firth of Forth. And he like, his jaw was on the floor, right? He like could not believe <laughs> that this random person. So, you know, and, and so I feel like it gives me points of connection with other people here that I wouldn't ordinarily have, which is really special, right? I mean, I feel like I understand certain kind of aphorisms and phrases and abbreviations and acronyms. I mean, just, you know, so yeah, that's been lovely. And I love the idea that again, if and when Sammy divides or has children, um, that they would have Scottish accents. I mean, that would be so They won't. Crazy. Like, their mom, their mom is American. Yeah. But the chances of our children having Scottish accents are pretty slim to none. What? You live in Scotland. Yeah, but the parents don't speak it, right? Because Jamie has, what, RP? Or something similar to it? RP. Like, royal pronunciation? <laughs> um, yeah, like, Queen's English. <laughs> Come on, guys. RP. Um, yeah, no, no. I, uh, yeah, so I think he, he doesn't have the broadest Scottish accent. Although, yeah, I'm not sure I want to go on the record as saying that if he ever listens to this. <laughs> yeah. The truth is that Sammy and Jamie do not live in Scotland, but they visit us once in a while, so they may get a little bit of experience from our side of the town. <laughs> when we That's want so to visit, visit our Scottish people, we come over to see Dean. Yes, to the north. But they will be Scottish in a way. They'll probably enjoy that sausage roll, even if they don't have that accent. Sasha enjoyed the sausage rolls here too. I'm particular, but there's a time and a place. I mean, you could not buy a sausage roll where I live. It, it's it not kosher? that you can buy pigs That's in a blanket. That's my question. Definitely not kosher, and we, neither of us keep kosher, so it's not really But like, I feel like I need to make another <laughs> joke about circumcision. Like, if you cut off the tip of the sausage roll, then it's kosher. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> I feel like that's a second joke I've made about circumcision, which is... Appropriate. Unnecessary. <laughs> and going back to your relationship, guys, how did that change over the years? How do you say? I mean, Sasha and I were, like, best friends growing up, and, like, yeah, and still best friends. I think, you know, there is a lot of sadness in our relationship because we live so far away and I think when we get together it means you've got to make the most of the moment you know and sometimes like either one of us whenever we go to visit the other you feel crap because you're nine hours jet lagged so you're like you've got to make the most of the moment but you're exhausted and yeah feeling strange pressure pressure I don't know if you guys feel the same when you visit each other Agnieszka doesn't get jet lagged yeah first of all jet lagged no <laughs> I think that we had that maybe earlier it was more pressure for me maybe at least when like they visited us the first time I handed them a schedule of activities and I had a six month old at that time now when I think about it I'm like who am I <laughs> And it was just like, it was every day, like including like restaurant reservations, like all kinds of activities, including a trip to Canada. So I think that was that for sure. And now when they come, uh, we don't have anything planned really. It's different. Yeah. It's just like also you change as a person. So I'm trying to say goodbye to that person that did that and <laughs> welcome a different person that's, you know less in control so that that's connected more i think more with how i mean a little obviously i'm affected by our relationship as well so um but it's too yeah it's it's twofold 
words I'm changing and the relationship is changing and I think it's similar for you guys right were you becoming different people I mean yes and no I mean Sasha's always Sasha you know speaks her mind know what she's about <laughs> trying to get me to buy clothes <laughs> like so, so some things will never change I think do you feel that pressure too uh, Sasha when uh, when you visit or when Sammy visits you is it like a lot of pressure for you I think both of us have sort of a a mental list of all the places we want to take, you know, the other or the others, you know, significant other or whatnot when they visit, right? I mean, I think I think because there is this huge separation and the times we get to spend together are so special and rare that, you know, we, I, I think everywhere I go, and I, I think, Sammy, you have this experience too, where everywhere you go, you're like, oh, I would love to take Sasha here or, or my son there, you know? It's like, it, you're constantly thinking of like, oh, this has to be on that list. It's so, it's so cool. Of course. It's like you're carrying that person around and looking out through their eyes and, you know, and then when we do visit each other, it's like you want the other person to see what, where you go and what you right. do and like, and the specialness of where you live. I think though, the other thing is that you moved to the UK so young, right? I mean, this was right after college right? Or uni, whatever you call it. And like, you know, it's, I think if you had moved there in your mid thirties, as opposed to your early twenties, I probably would have had a different reaction. You know, I think I sort of always saw you making a life there. It became kind of clear from an early age that you were going to be spending your life there and, you know, getting on that path towards citizenship and, and you bought a house there 10 years ago. So, you know, I think, I think what's changed is thinking about as we get older, you know, sort of like you were saying, like the relationship changes and you change as a person. I think, you know, thinking about what's going to be harder going forward is, you know, having both of us having kids potentially so far apart. And the fact that, you know, our children as first cousins probably won't have a close relationship if we're honest. And couldn't um, we, couldn't we try? Yeah, like Louis Theroux and Justin Theroux, they had that Cape Cod thing and they're close. So you guys just have to make it happen for your kids. You just, you make it work. Exactly. But I think Sasha and I have the relationship that we should have had houses down the street from each other, you know. Yeah. And, and there's always a wrongness about the fact that... Right, right. I mean, I think I'm, I think we both share this experience of looking at other people we know whose families live close by. And you're just like, why couldn't have that been me? You know, like what, it's what tough, happened? right? That yeah, you take it for granted, and then you, uh, like that's what happens to me. Is like I always like find myself like just daydreaming, like, oh, what if we like moved, or like you just like want everything, right? You want to, you know, you want to have the cake and eat it too, and just like you want everybody in on living on the same street. That's what you want, and then you realize that you know, shit, I actually have to make meaningful connections with people that live down the street for me. That's the reality. We discovered that in our family, like, if you plotted on a map, each of our family members, that the degree of crazy is inversely proportional to proximity, such that the craziest people are the closest, and the most sane, normal people are the farthest. <laughs> you, what, you mean, you mean, you and me are the, are the sanest? I can't wait for your parents to listen to this, and your extended family. I now feel the urge to do the same, just like when we finish the podcast, I'm going to plot my own little man. Well, that's really interesting. So you think, you, Sasha, you think me and you are the sanest of our family? Well, naturally. And does it change for you guys? 
do you get used to it that Sammy, you know, lives in Scotland and has that changed? Um, or is it still the same, like, damn it, why can't she live down the street for me? Yeah, I would say it just gets, I mean, it goes in waves, right? Like every experience of any emotion that you have, it hits you in mm -hmm. moments and then others, you're totally fine with it. Um, but no, I mean, I would say to some extent, it is going to be harder. It gets harder because I think that the you know, with our parents aging and with the idea that, you know, the prospect of having kids that are going to be growing up far apart, you know, cousins that are growing up so far from one another, I think there's, there's a part of that that's harder. It's almost like when you, when you think of just our, our singular relationship as sisters, that that, you know, we know that we can sustain that and that that is okay and we can make it work at a distance. But we know that like, you know, the relationships that, you know, with all the other people sort of surrounding us, that that gets harder, you know, I think as time goes on. Maybe so. Maybe so. Yeah, I, I guess I don't know what it's, I'm the only one of us who's, who doesn't know what it's like to have children. So I suppose, you know, I'll reserve judgment for when that happens. But I suppose in a way, I'm kind of, I'm more resigned to it than I have been in the past. What with this house move, and what with finding a career here as well. Like, you know, this is, this is where I am, you know, um, and so I, I feel like it's just like all the time you just have to be ready for the call that in the morning, you know, if something goes wrong, you have to fly 15 hours and that's, and that's that. Do you feel like you belong in Scotland now, Sammy? What a great question. Oh, I mean, I just moved into like this new, weird, totally not my house, <laughs> which has like literally other people's names or like, like this little girl's name was like on a sticker on the wall. So like for a week or something, we were sleeping under the name Isla, which was just like so disconcerting. So yes and yes and no. I mean, I know what, I know what's happening here. I've got the career and I've got friends and I've got home and I, I know how it is and Jamie's parents are nearby. So in terms of kids, you know, that's really, really helpful. Um, but, but no, I don't think I'll ever fully get used to it. I don't, I don't, I don't think I'll ever fully get used to it. I mean, there's some wonderful things about living in Scotland, some super wonderful things about living in Scotland, the outdoors and, you know, the buildings. I love Edinburgh on a sunny day, but, um, but I don't think I'll ever fully get used to, you know, the fact that there are no garages or basements. <laughs> where do you, where you put your stuff? They don't have closets. Their new house doesn't have closets. You're living in America, Agnieszka, now, but in Poland, storage isn't as big a thing or garages or whatnot. And I come, yeah, I come from a flat rather than a house. So it, it doesn't bother me at all. I think what I'm more bothered about is the fact that I just cannot expect my sister to bring me a pot of soup, you know, in the morning or in, in the afternoon on Wednesday, because I know it's not going to happen ever. Having said that, Sammy has brought us a lovely pecan pie last summer, I think. And, and that was the closest uh, I think we got to, to being brought a pot of, you know, a pot of soup. And that was so sweet. I would I would happily bring you a pot of soup, Carolina, happily. But yeah, I, I would love also to be able to bring a pot of soup to Sasha. Like that's the that that would be the dream and i think i think as we get older and lives get more complicated and one thing or another and when stuff happens to sasha it's just unbearable that i'm not there um and then when stuff happens to me 
it's unbearable that she's not here to take care of it. <laughs> well, you don't know this, but I have like a week by week layout of your postpartum period, like for the first year. <laughs> you think I'm joking, but I've like mapped it out. Karina, do you have any other um, questions for Sammy or Sasha before we move on to the to the south end of Berwyn platform that we're super curious about? <laughs> no, unless you guys feel that maybe there's something important we haven't mentioned so far and you wanted to express or... I think we all in our own spaces feel like insiders and feel like outsiders, you know, different parts of identities. You know, as you were talking, Sam, I can imagine that what you were saying is that you still walk around where you live and feel like a bit of an outsider. An outsider. You're still sort of, you know, looking at it through the lens of, of an American. And so you will always be an outsider. But, you know, you've acculturated and now you have things that make you feel like an insider and you're, there's other aspects of your life and people that you can be around where you, you know, feel at home and feel very much, you know, like you're part of the club. So I don't know. I think that, you know, national identity is certainly one aspect of our identities that make us feel like an insider at times or outsiders at times but I think there's so many others right I mean we talked about like religious identity but then you know just like your skin color or your health status or you know just any other physical feature you have I mean I think we all have that experience of feeling like an insider at times and an outsider at times Mm. I think that was a lovely summary of, of maybe what we've discussed. Yes, Abby, do you, um, we asked you, we asked everybody actually to share a piece of um, culture with us, whether it's, you know, sometimes it's a, a song, sometimes it's a dish, sometimes it's a, a movie or a book. And you chose a, a visual and it was a picture of a platform, I would assume somewhere in Chicago. But if you can explain to us, because we really want to know the story behind that. So it was a picture of the Berwyn L platform. Um, and I guess we haven't really talked much about Chicago in particular, if that makes sense. Um, but I guess when I was thinking about where I'm from, it's kind of like, you know, Chicago's such a weird place. Like the fact that these streets are so, so long and like everything's the same. And you could just go west, 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 west. So you're still in Chicago. And it's very foreign to me now, but it's also very quotidian. And so I was on the Berlin, Berwyn L platform, you know, every day in high school, and it's just very, very quotidian. But then when people think of Chicago, they're like, the Sears Tower, the Hancock Building, you know, the downtown, the skyline, blah, blah, blah. Um, But Chicago is kind of this, I think of Chicago more as like the spread out from that. And so that picture kind of represented that to me. Was that your home stop or the school stop? That was our home stop. Yeah, that was our home stop. That's like two blocks away from where we grew up. To be fair, when I think about a bus stop I was using to get to school, I can picture it very well in my head. It's very clear. It's a very clear picture in my head. And I never thought about it before. So thank you, Sammy. Do you have a visual like that from Edinburgh yet? Well, I'm wondering, maybe before we move on to Edinburgh, what I'm wondering if Sasha, if Sasha was to give one picture of Chicago, what would you have put? Something like on Lakeshore Drive. You know, there's one busy freeway that runs the length of the city. So miles and miles and abuts the waterfront, um, which is Lake Michigan. And yeah, there's something about driving down Lakeshore Drive at night and seeing sort of the tall buildings in the distance from in downtown. I think that would be kind of the snapshot. There's a few a few places where when you're just, you know, pointing your car south and heading towards downtown, if you're coming from the north side where we lived, you know, 
you get these incredible vistas and it's so it's so beautiful and it's it's something that you get to appreciate every day but it also is something so special that's how i feel about the new york skyline it's exactly the same driving or being on a train and you see it's it looks like it's so far but yeah it's that you're like oh my god yeah. i can't believe i'm like just yet yeah, driving past it yeah, yeah and we all know about patchki right sami <laughs> patchki yeah well there's lots of it so there's there i i told <laughs> apparently i told carolina on more than one occasion that i exclusively dated polish men until i was 18 <laughs> because it's it's just who was available <laughs> so yeah yeah there's a lot of a lot of polish people in chicago including one fourth of us yeah i think it was it's this they call it the second biggest city but the second biggest polish city after warsaw is chicago after warsaw right exactly But we haven't been yet, Karolina. Maybe for it's for the next time. And we haven't really eaten paczki either, no. Well, any opportunity to eat paczki. Perfect. So do you have a visual from um, Edinburgh, Sammy, or no? Or not yet? Is it still forming for you? Well, I suppose I just like, the, I, I just like when it's a really sunny day in Edinburgh and it's like the sun is like painting honey on the sandstone and then you get like really beautiful blue sky. And I just love the two colors together, the kind of sand and the blue. Cool. Do you want to do rapid fire? Let's do that. Are we are we ready for the rapid fire questions, girls? Born ready. <laughs> yes. Do you want to start, Aga? It's a rapid fire, so don't think, just answer. All right? Okay. Okay. First question. Culture or nature? Sasha? Oh, nature. Sammy? Culture. <laughs> Table for two or for a large party? Sasha? Large party. More the merry. Large party. Okay. Now, something for the holidays. These are not the usual rapid fire questions that we have on our podcast, but the worst holiday memory, Sammy. Uh, worst holiday memory is we were supposed to have some friends over for New Year's Eve, like seven years ago or something. And they showed up like they were supposed to show up and have pizza with us. And they only showed up at like After midnight. just before midnight, just before midnight. <laughs> and so we're waiting all night and the pizza's getting cold. And Mike and Simon only show up at midnight. It was so annoying. They were like your third party. They were like, <laughs> are you still friends, Sammy? Yeah, we are. We are. We are. Just, just barely after that. What about you, Sasha? Gosh, I don't know if we have any bad holiday memories. I don't know. We've gone to a lot of bad holiday sweaters, parties, where, I don't know. I don't know. Pass. Not even a Christmas tree in your house? Yeah, right, exactly. The one where I like... That would never happen. I know. I had to like chop down the own, my own Christmas tree in my own house. What about the best uh, holiday memory, Sammy? Best holiday memory? Um, you know, of any holiday? Oof. Um, oh, man. I mean, like, I can only think of, like, accounting for my sins on Yom Kippur and stuff. Yeah. But... <laughs> All good times. <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't have any like strong family holiday traditions to be honest like just weren't big holiday people i don't know i mean holidays are great and all but i mean especially during covid i feel like we barely celebrate most of them and it's okay yeah i'm 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 are you passing on that one <laughs> i guess so i mean it's supposed to be rapid fire so i think i think i've maybe my time limit has maybe expired but but i like holidays like i like hosting thanksgiving meals and i like I like having Christmas with Jamie's family and um, I, I used to really like Shabbat too when you like candles and like eat delicious bread and stuff. 
but I can't think of anything in particular. Sorry. Yeah. Move on to Sasha. Ooh, I feel the same. I mean, I I love having seders. We've hosted a lot of those where we have like really meaningful friend gatherings usually and talk about freedom and you know liberty and freedom from exile, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, maybe you already said it with the sizzling latkes, the three-year-olds as the sizzling latkes. Surely that's a good one. I'm pretty sure, Sammy, if you try them with milkshakes, that's going to be your best holiday memory. So just make, <laughs> you just make that memory first. I'll remember that. Milkshakes. Milkshakes. Good for your memory. I hope to try these really, really soon, Sammy. A latke milkshake? Yes, that's a thing. Thanks so much for coming on. We really enjoyed that conversation. And thanks for yeah the, inviting us into your home and your special bond. And you guys, thanks for letting us you know, come as pairs tonight. Mm. It was a privilege and such a lovely idea that you suggested, Sammy. When you when you said that, I got really excited. Yeah, it it it, it will give another flavor to the whole thing. And we're hoping to edit it. Yeah, to be ready for um for a holiday. For Christmas <laughs> for holiday. I'm just gonna for say Christmas it. for New Year. <laughs> yes, and we will we will nah, celebrate nah, nah, nah. it on that day. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining us in this conversation. We'd love to hear how you connect with the stories of our guests and about your here and there experience. You can get in touch with us via email. It's hello at hereandtherepodcast.com. You can also share, comment, and follow us on your favorite social media platform. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and Here and There Podcast. Find all of our episodes and links to our social media and streaming platforms on our website, hereandtherepodcast.com. Thanks, Jano, for putting us online. Clarence Boddicker for the here and there tune. And Kieran for the beautiful graphic. Till next time, friends. Bye-bye.